0: On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview shark Sharkpreneurs, who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast. At 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have a good fortune to be joined by Brandon Dawson of Cardone Ventures and 10X Health. Uh, Brandon, as founder of Audiology Group, the company from $550,000 in revenue in 2005 to $35 million in 2016 and sold for 77 times EBITDA. Um, he was the founder of Sonos, listed on and rang the opening bell on the American Stock Exchange and created the Sonos network of over a 1,000 locations and recently co-founded Cardone Ventures and 10X Health with Grant Cardone. And it's gone from a pure startup. Lo- about four years ago to generating over $150 million. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on your show.
0: Our pleasure. So um, with the immense amount of success you've achieved, you arguably didn't need to write a book. You could probably sit on your laurels if you wanted, but you're not that type of person. What inspired you to write Nine Figure Mindset, how to go from zero to over 100 million in net worth?
1: Yeah, good question. Well, when I was 26, 27 years old and I quit my job, uh, moved my newborn and my two and a half year old my wife from a beautiful home making one hundred and seventy thousand a year at 26 years old is running a sales team to starting over um, thinking I wanted to take control of my life and and become an entrepreneur. and having that first business, despite all the wins that I had, um, still ended up being a personal, failure for me uh, financially, professionally, and then needing to reset, start over and go at it again and never losing sight of the targets. Uh, one of my mentors told me in, when I was 27 years old that Warren Buffett at 27 was worth $10 million, at 48 was worth uh, $75 million, and at 53 was worth $350 million. And his whole point was wealth isn't created overnight, so be patient. So having that in the back of my mind, I reset and I decided I was going to build a business differently than doing the traditional raise capital and acquire businesses and try to build it with deficit financing. And I was able to do that despite the odds. And so, you know, I, I needed to write about it in order to inspire people like me, high school graduate, small class, least likely to succeed no college education and coming from a little tiny town where I could have just as easily been working as a waiter or a bus boy or a tire uh, selling tires or cars uh, decided to break out and build something.
0: That and your journey has been absolutely incredible. Um, I've got so many pages dog-eared and so many notes. It's an absolutely incredible. I mean, I say calling it a book, isn't doing it justice. I mean, you could literally sell this separately as a course for 2 grand, 5 grand, 10 grand it would still be a bargain with some of the lessons and 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 ideas you share. How did you learn to think so differently?
1: Well, when I when my first company was sold and I was uh I was pissed. I had broke through. I was told I wouldn't do anything amazing and then I started deciding I was going to be my own boss. I made 100 presentations to buy my first business. I made 130 presentations to raise my first million. I was laughed out of 129 of them. Uh, and, And I just kept going. So the resilience... To, to keep going. And then I broke through every glass ceiling. And then by 29, I, I did a lifelong dream, which is ring the opening bell, the American Stock Exchange, backed by one of the most prestigious financial institutions in the world. Everything everyone said I couldn't do. The problem was the things, my blind spots, the things I didn't know about, the things I didn't know to even think about are the things that got up to me to where my private equity group one day, once I created enough value, they could sell, get all their money back, plus 100% of their money. They were like, we're out, see it great job. Now, to me, I was bitter about that. I was upset about that uh but my perspective was warped compared to what it is today and and so what you realize is that there's two sides to the coin and if you're going to be a if you're going to be a lone ranger busting through glass ceilings and scrambling all the time the message of the people around you is you 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 maybe you're in survival mode but it doesn't instill confidence and security and so once i recognized that i realized i needed to retool and rebuild in a way that created confidence in others created security in others that was inclusive of building a dynamic team versus being a lone ranger. And instead of me having all the wins, making sure my team had the wins, making sure my clients had the wins. And I changed my perspective because of my mentorship I had with a handful of dear friends. And once I changed my perspective, put it into action, had to be intelligent enough to engineer uh, working uh, with the SEC and some of the taxation issues to start this, the company I built and sold, but I was able to do it and I did it with intention and I did it knowing if I could figure it out for me, I could figure it out for millions of business owners. And that's the business I have today is the next iteration of the prototype I built uh, and sold for 77 times EBIT to $151 million and took a billion dollar company in three years to four and a half billion using those concepts around the world.
0: And you've proven it over and over and over again. And I love that you're giving back and helping other business owners. You're the rising tide that's lifting all boats. Um, You've talked. You are certainly given plenty of credit for being a hard worker, but you work smarter in a different way than most other people do it. So you've got a different kind of philosophy, can you share a little bit about some of those ways that you have kind of said you see things differently and you unearth value where people like biz- regular business owners might say, I'm stuck. And you're able to kind of pierce through that veil and go, here's the switch you need to pull to go to a whole new level.
1: Yeah. So it was a lifelong, like after me being a consolidator and running into those troubles and then being paraded around by the private equity group to all these companies that were going out of business when they should have been superheroes. I realized there was there was a problem with the whole theory of consolidation or roll-up strategies or aggregating all these little small independent businesses. And it's a $12 trillion space of which 97% of all these businesses under 100 million go out of business every 10 years. 93% are family-owned. I just saw a huge opportunity because if you can change the business, you could help the family dynamic, and you can actually change communities. And so I thought to myself, if I could help business owners understand why they get stuck, where they get stuck, how they get stuck, how how to get unstuck yeah and so that sent me on a journey of two thousand nine to two thousand and thirteen. I hired f t i out of Chicago billion dollar consulting group. We looked we We surveyed and talked to tens of thousands of business owners to understand what allowed this is a three percent to succeed versus the ninety seven percent fail. When do those failures occur? Why did they occur? And I started finding patterns of decision making that entrepreneurs and business owners made at different points of the scaling process that caused them to either succeed or break and and so i started tracking that pattern and then i applied it to my business which grew through all these independent businesses and then through a public company applying it and once i felt like i had it figured out i refreshed the content with igs out of boston did another two year research project and once i felt like i really understood exactly why businesses break versus succeed um and and had it all laid out with with evidence and experience I was ready to go uh, wide versus narrow, narrow being one or two verticals, wide being hundreds of verticals. And I just needed the right partner to do that. My wife and I landed on Grant and Elena Cardone, and we launched that business exactly four years ago uh, in June of this year. So I'm sorry, we just finished our fourth year, so it'll be five years in June of 2024. And in the five years, we've done over $450 million of revenue, over $150 million of EBITDA from pure startup, no employees. And this year, we're on track. We just finished last year. Uh, We did $155 million in revenue. This year, we'll do $250 million in revenue. But most importantly, we're managing $2 billion of independent businesses, helping them grow scale, create massive value, change their lives, and succeed during dynamic times.
0: That is absolutely incredible. What are some of the most common issues you're running across? You use the word stuck four or five four or five times in a row. What are the, some of the most common places that those business owners are getting stuck that then you're helping them get unstuck?
1: Yeah, well, so 97% of all businesses under 100 million are stuck at 3 million or less. So, so the first the first challenge is to get to a million, the second challenge is to get to 3 million and 98. It's actually almost 98%, 97.8. Uh, are stuck at that 3 million or less. And and so it's technical. So to be in business, the what you do has to work. Um, and it's the number one chief complaint for why businesses don't work is there's no demand for product or service. And that's the what. So once the what works, it's it then moves to how, and then it moves to, I'm sorry, it goes from what to who to how, and then back to who. And so what we identified is from zero to 125 million, there's actually seven specific breakpoints. Now, those breakpoints are ranges. So breakpoint one is 1 million to 3 million, breakpoint two is 3 to 8 million, and then 8 to 15, 15 to 25, 25, 45, 45, 75, 75, 125, seven breakpoints. Inside those breakpoints, there are commonalities of what allowed the businesses to propel through to the next breakpoint, and there are commonalities, 97% commonalities of decision-making that caused businesses to break. There's 10 specific elements that start with strategy, then it goes to marketing, and then it goes to sales, then it goes to people, then it goes to operations, then it goes to finance, then it goes to leadership, data, technology, and investment thesis. So there's 10 specific elements to go from zero to 125 million. Inside, there's 76 very specific things that have to get done at different gradient levels from zero to 125 million. And then there's 250 things very specific underpinnings, the, the the structural elements, the depth of the concrete, 250 little things that, that decide the depth of the concrete all the way up to $125 million. Now, if you miss those things, statistically, you're going to have either a slip back you go one break point back, which you can catch yourself. But then you stay, you fortify because you're scared and you had a bad experience. So you're like, hey, I'm just going to hang on to what I have. And then over time, you devalue because costs go up and, and, and prices go up and all those things. Or you have a snapback. 97% of those will be a snapback because they go out of business. A snapback is when you go two breakpoints or back. And what causes those snapbacks, we've been able to identify at those different breakpoints. And so it's literally like a scientific approach to starting, growing, scaling, and eventually exiting your business by creating a platform company. Now, mind you, these breakpoints, we've engineered them to 11 breakpoints, $1 billion in revenue. And and so from startup to a billion, there's eleven breakpoints. We've identified all those elements, and it's really interesting. But the number one biggest single impingement for these businesses is when they move from the what they do to the who they do it with. Breakpoint two, and that's because they're able to build a business statistically with twelve employees or less, three million or. less in revenue. And it's usually friends, family, buddies from college or high school, sales managers that I, I played football with, whatever. But once it moves beyond the 12 employees to more employees, break point two, it gets unruly. And because there's no leadership development of the business owner, and there's no process systems in place, no technology deployed to measure effectiveness. It becomes so unruly that it actually disrupts the business. They lose their good people. They lean into the wrong people and they're unwilling to get rid of the people that they accumulated, friends, family, cousins, sisters, friends from college. And so they end up staying small in survival mode and that wears everybody out.
0: Folks, if you're watching or listening, I hope you are taking furious notes because that was a seminar in the last five minutes now. Brandon, you went looking for you, you've had a series of amazing mentors, some of which you talk about in the book. Um, you went to the Cardone's looking for mentors, mentorship. At what point did that relationship turn into, hey, there's more here. Let's start this, these companies together and take them to a whole new level.
1: Well, intentionality is an important thing. I've had beautiful mentors. John Maxwell is one of the most impactful. Hector Lamarck, Jim Collins, Story Musgrave, the only astronaut that flew all five space shuttles designed, deployed, and fixed Hubble. These are all people, uh, Robert Anthony, beyond positive. These are all people who had a huge impact. Michael Gerber early on, Sharon Lecter. Um, but I was ready for the next iteration. And 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 when I went to the 2019 growth conference. I never had met Grant. My wife suggested I look at Grant when I watched one of his first YouTube videos. I was so turned off. I said, there's no way I'll ever work with Grant Cardone. And 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 then she's like, you got to look at Grant through Elena. That's the promotion side. You got to look at him as a man and as a business owner and as a father. So once I started doing that, I started reading 10X rules, sell or be sold, uh, obsessed or be average. And I was like, okay, this guy gets it. He understands it. He's got a legitimate sales and marketing business. And most importantly, he's gotten people to trust and give him a quarter of a billion dollars for crowdfunding, the only guy on the planet that had done it. So when we went to the 2019 Growth Con, he claimed he was going to have 35,000 people on Super Bowl weekend at that event. I did not believe it, but we went there and we saw it, and there was five specific things I wanted to see, and if I saw him, I was going to approach him about a partnership. Grant and Elena didn't know who we are. They had never met us, and nobody in his organization knew who we were. And so we saw those five very specific, intentional things we needed to see the first half of the first day, and so... Fortunately, a very dear friend of mine was a speaker there, John Maxwell. John pulled Grant aside and pointed us out and said, if you see that, if you get a chance to meet that couple right there in the front second row, you get a chance to meet them. He did it for main stage. And he told Grant, you can meet them. Everything they tell you is going to be the truth. And so Grant came up to me the second day and said, I don't know who you are. We obviously know you're here. Maxwell gave you a glowing endorsement. We should talk. And within three days, we had started talking. And within two months, we had a partnership.
0: What have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned from that partnership?
1: Well, Grant is an exceptional, like beyond any any human being I've ever met, Grant's perspective about multiplying, amplifying, and and increasing and attacking time uh, with effort is beyond anything I've ever experienced. So I've done in, in, in four years, I have built a business five times bigger than I did by myself in 14. So, so it is, it is unbelievable how he views the world. And he's gone from 250 million of, of crowdfunding to over a billion, three and a half a billion of real estate attacking opportunities within the marketplace. He pulls time forward, he pulls money forward, and then he gets money and time to work for him. I never really thought that way i was just more methodical i was an operator i was more of a plotter uh and so what he's really taught me is how to how to how to pull time and time people money attention forward and then get it to compound uh for you uh intentionally and i i i understood that i thought but And then Elena has really taught Natalie and I on how to create an alignment. Alignment in couples, alignment, which I've been able to apply to business partners and to couples that work in business together. And so they've been unbelievable mentors. Uh, they're huge thinkers. Like, we never get caught in the weeds. We're always talking about How we're going to get bigger, what we're going to do that's going to create more impact, how many people we're going to help. And we just stay focused up there instead of getting bogged down. And that's something that we've learned from them. And it's really been unbelievable because then when you're bogged down, you're like, ah, this is a moment in time and we'll, we got to work through it to get to where we're going. And so it's been, it's been so relieving and amplifying. Uh, for Natalie and I, that that this is what we also, with our resources, bring to business owners, so they can go through explosive growth.
0: You've achieved so much success, so many times, and now you're helping other business owners make that same leap. What's your biggest challenge now?
1: Well, you know, uh, my biggest challenge is going to be the same biggest challenge that every business owner is going to have, and that's going to be finding, attracting. Aligning, developing, and retaining remarkable people that share in the mission, vision, values of the organization and want to actually accomplish some stated personal, professional, financial objective that they want to accomplish through the business. Because even though humans tell you they want more things, when they actually get overwhelmed in the process of trying to break through and change themselves in order to change their circumstances, most of them will give up. Or they'll concede, just like an owner, a business owner, they'll concede to mediocrity because it becomes overwhelming or disruptive to them. And they're unwilling to have the resilience or they're unwilling to press through. So my biggest challenge is the speed in which I can attract higher thinking, higher doing, higher anticipating, and people who want to excel and do more versus being comfortable. And I think that's going to be the case forever. You just got to grow to accept it. Business owners have to grow to accept it, but you cannot deviate from the fact that it is your responsibility to find, attract, align, develop, and retain remarkable people. And to the extent you can bring on remarkable people – in fact, private equity groups will tell you they mostly make their investment thesis, their investment decision based on the people, the leadership they're going to be investing in versus the business case because they see so many business cases that never come to fruition – but they, when they see a great leader, a leader will make a B business case work versus someone who's not a great leader, they'll take an A business case and sink it. So for me, it's the same thing. How do I be the kind of person who can attract somebody that has a high enough ambition, a high enough perspective, and a high enough desire in order to pick up the pieces at the speed we want, we want to move and make them work? Because we can rely on them, depend on them, and we can win with them.
0: Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing now?
1: For me, I'll tell you, I, I, I have a leadership platform. Uh, I have hundreds of entrepreneurs on it. If I wasn't do, I, I, I believe I had to build this business to prove to people it can be done. What I really love to do is I love to, to coach leadership and, Help people succeed, and what I love, what keeps me coming to work every single day, are the remarkable breakthrough stories of people like the Silvas who go from three million making a hundred grand for ten years, and then three years later they're fifty million making ten million independently. They've got t- millions of dollars uh, invested in in passive income, and if I can see that over and over and over and over and over, it propels me. Because it increases my level of beingness, my level of belief about what's possible, and it stimulates me to fight to find those opportunities for people. And we're doing that with hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, every single month. And that's part of what Grant has primed for the last 15 years. He's created that audience, and now we get to come into it and propel it across those 10 elements. And what propels me is to see other people succeed and, and celebrate with them because it makes every day so fun. It's like Christmas morning, unwrapping a package to look at somebody else's P&Ls to see how unbelievably rewarding their business has become for them and the people that they work with and follow them and pursue their goals with them.
0: That is beautiful. We know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. For our folks watching and listening, where is the best place for them to go get the book, Nine Figure Mindset? and to learn more about you and Cardone Ventures.
1: They can simply go to 9 figuremindsetcom There's some free com, uh, content there, or if they just want to order it off Amazon, or if they want to listen to it, they can download it. So it's available everywhere. You just got to Google it. But if you want some free content from me, I think there's four or five hours of content I produced around the book. You can go to ninefiguremindset.com and you can simply uh, access it there.
0: Awesome. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Brandon Dawson. Brandon, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time.
1: Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.